Hello and welcome to Propnex, the property podcast focusing on issues that impact the future of the real estate industry. I'm your host, Gavin Morgan, and in addition to looking forward to today's and future conversations, if you'd like to know a little bit more about me, please look on www.propnex.com. That's www.propnx.com. Or if you'd like to chat privately, drop me a line on Gavin R. Morgan at propnex.com. That's G-A-V-I-N-R-M-O-R-G-A-N at propnex.com on email. I'm delighted to welcome Clement Lau on to the show today. Clement is the global president of the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. I'm pleased to say that Clement and I have been friends and have worked together for incredibly almost 20 years. Clement, welcome on the show and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Kelvin. I mean, I expect to catch up with friends from time to time. Well, good. It's an absolute pleasure, Clement. And as I said, thank you again. Um, Clement, uh, the RICS, the institution that I've just mentioned, um, you know, something that has given me a huge amount in my career. And as I've got older and later in my career, and particularly having worked in a number of different locations around the world, it's never been far from my mind. And I would say almost increasingly in my mind, the value that the study and training and you know work that I put into getting the qualification, you know, becoming a chartered surveyor, uh, has done for me over the course of my career. I can't think of a better grounding for somebody wanting to work in real estate uh, and a guide through a career around how and how not to behave if you want to pursue a good quality career in the real estate industry. So needless to say, I was delighted when I heard that you'd ascended to the highest office in the RICS, and I know the time and effort that you have put into that. And really, the first question for me, and you know, something that is important to me, as I know it is to you, but what are you hoping to achieve? What would you like to achieve in your, your year as a global president of the institution? Um, thank you, Gavin. I recall when I applied for joining the uh, presidential team back in 2019, there's a couple of issues that um, were all high on my mind. That include that we need to do something on the ESG, uh, that being the climate change and the net carbon zero that subsequent to the uh, COP26, I think there's no one doubt about it. The other issue is with regard to the diversity, equality and inclusion which is one of the more emerging kind of uh, issue that we and our future generation will face. And I think that um, in the past, maybe we haven't done good enough. And um, I want to help in shaping our profession and our professional body in achieving a much uh, fair and responsible kind of environment for our future young generations. Um, on top of it, of course, and related to the last point I made, is with regard to um, how we could able to capture the future generations to joining our surveying profession and, of course, our professional body. And although there have been good work being done and um, working on it by various stakeholders and um, surveyors, I think 
um, we may have neglect some sort of the needs and the requirements from our younger generation that I could able, I hope I could able to help in uh, putting all this kind of uh, vision into our training programs and the uh, college um, courses so that the future generation are well prepared in helping us to addressing the global context in related to the built environment industry. Yeah. Uh, last but not least is something coming up uh, last year is, as you may recall, that we have uh, upon an independent reviewer on the treasury issues related to our professional body, which result in the um, publication of the Levitt report. And one of the recommendations in the report is that RICS need to conduct an independent review on the governance and purposes of our professional institution. And um, we have already appointed Law Michael Bishop, who is the independent reviewer on this issue, and hopefully he could able to uh, give us our uh, give give us his recommendation by June this year. And I think in the second half of this year, one of the key uh, area that we need to work on is how the governing council, with the support of our members, how we can able to implement all these recommendations from Law Bishop. Yeah. Well, I mean, that it sounds like a lot of work is going on around engagement. And Clement, I agree with you. Uh, engaging with a membership is so important for the institution. You and I, frustratingly, Clement, have also talked about how the challenges, the global challenges around COVID have hampered mobility and particularly your mobility in terms of how you can get around the membership globally. Uh, to spread messaging around what you're advocating in your year as global president. How are you planning uh, between now and the end of your tenure to engage the membership and continue to advocate for not just the general value that the RICS brings to membership, but particularly around the areas that you've just mentioned, which I also agree with you are so important to the industry moving forward? Well, Galvin, I think we all have experienced how disruption the COVID has been on our day-to-day -day, uh, operation and practices. And uh, I'm afraid that RISS and all of us has no exception. And in particular, uh, in order to remain sovereign, we had made some hard decision back in 2020 in letting go some 140 staff. And uh, because of the social distancing measure, I think instead of relying on some of the physical networks, and a meeting opportunity, we move to the online platform um, that includes some sort of uh, digital RICS inside communities and uh, online forums and CPD, which, which are great. However, I think um, based on the feedback that we got from our members through the consultation on um, the future of the profession, we understand that uh, on top of the digital platform, we need to provide some sort of physical uh, engagement opportunities for our members. So I think the more important thing is that how we strike a balance between the online platform and physical events. Um, I think in the um, 2022, RISS has adopted a more hybrid mode that where we continue providing support through the digital platform um, in terms of um, CPDs, uh, forums, 
and some sort of uh, guidance notes to our members in uh, pursuing their services to the greater community and the client um, in view of COVID and some of restriction. At the same time, I think we start resuming physical events and meetings. I think the um, in the UK and in China, I think physical meetings have already been conducted. And we hope that uh, we could able to um, seek more input and the uh, participation of our members in the forthcoming physical events. Of course, I think uh, there are still social distancing measures being implemented in different parts of the world. We need to abide by the laws and regulations. But I think subject to the local restrictions, uh, uh, we would like to see more things happening at the same time. I think um, the governing council has decided that we should put back some more resources um, to the local to support the local and regional board um, after we let go some 140 uh, colleagues in 2020. So I think we have been start, um, recruiting colleagues to provide support to the various regions and local board, and hopefully that could able to uh, revive the members' engagement activities and have more inputs from our fe fellow members how we could able to drive RISS forward. Yeah, thank you, Clement. And Clement, it's obviously quite a lot more resource and effort and thought going into a deeper engagement with membership. A question that I think uh, certainly relates to a lot of what you've done for the RICS, which is the institution's global engagement. Um, I've witnessed the impact that you and the team in Asia have had on the the spread of influence, the positive spread of influence uh, and penetration that the RICS has had in the Asia region, particularly over the last 10 years. Is it still a goal for the RICS to continue to globalize and continue to develop its influence in other regions of the world? Uh, or has that changed? Um, I think we still see ourselves as a global professional body, which really um, is the right format for RISS in particular. I think some sort of uh, knowledge base uh, are equally important and could be shared uh, in different parts of the world. However, I think the model we need to tailor-make to make it fit for our membership base as well as where we can able to further develop our engagement or uh, our thought leadership in the various parts of the world. So on one hand, we still uh, see ourselves as a uh, global professional body. Or on, on the other hand, I think we need to be realistic and uh, use our resources more effectively and efficiently so that we could able to um, create the maximum impact that we could uh, by leveraging our resources, including our members and our expertise in various parts of the world but at the same time, make the uh, highest impact and uh, create um, more changes relevant to the issues that we think that, that are critical to the um, built environment industry that we are facing. Yeah. Well, Clement, that's good to hear. I mean, you know, obviously, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, I mean, I am personally, you know, I'm a personal beneficiary. Uh, of RICS training and standards and, you know, that, that continued um, prudent 
global reach uh, can only benefit the real estate profession generally. So that's great to hear. Um, just pivoting a little bit to issues facing the industry at the moment. I mean, it's a much faster moving industry is real estate these days, you know, particularly because of how technology is starting to be deployed into the industry. It's driving faster decision making in a faster moving world. Are there any key issues that you need to feel, you know, particularly around areas such as valuation practice that you feel need to change to better enable the real estate industry moving forward? It doesn't have to be valuations, but obviously that's at the core of, you know, standards and ethics. Um, what do you think could change or needs to change to better enable the industry in a faster moving tech enabled real estate world? Well, thank you, Galvin. Uh, it's interesting that technology means different things to different people, right? Um, so from my perspective, I see technology, which is a good tool for charter surveyors to increase our efficiency and productivity. Um, so, I mean, for example, back in the 90s, when software are available um, to taking measurements for building projects, uh, people seeing that could be the end of uh, quality surveyors. Actually, it was not. Instead, I mean, quality surveyors are now more focused in offering advice and comments to their client in terms of how they could able to finish their building works within cost and um, within a shorter period of time. So I think we shift um, to provide the quality service and advice to our client by leveraging on the advantage of technology. You just mentioned about valuation. Of course, I mean, uh, we already seen a lot of uh, automatic valuation models being deployed either by banks or even professional firms. Um, to me, it's a great tool for valuers to undertake their jobs and um, to focus more on the value-added kind of a service and comments to their customer. Of course, um, if you look into the latest uh report that we published on the independent review of real estate investment valuation. Um, the review focus, one of the recommendations focused on the review is that um, instead of a more historic approach uh, in valuation, I think we should adopt a more forward look. So in that case, I don't think uh, any model mirroring on historic information or evidence been able to fulfill that kind of a recommendation. And I still believe, I mean, uh, when I was still a student, that valuation is a subject of us rather than science. So in that, we need to make conscious uh, decision with regard to how we see the future and balancing different interests yeah. and considerations. So it won't be just an algorithm that could able to um, calculate or measure all these factors. I think at the, end of, at the end of the day, we also see the value of human judgment made by our fellow valuers. And likewise, I think that applies in other part of our surveying profession. I mean, just like the building information model that has been widely adopted in the um, design coordination and documentation of projects, top tech are being applied in facility management in terms of thermal scan, centralized centralization, touchless screens, and so on. Um, so I think it is important that our fellow child surveyor understand that 
by embracing technology, we could able to provide confidence to professionalism and addressing key use like sustainability. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, technology, I, I've been so interested in technology and real estate, Clement, and prop tech. And I know uh, something that you and I have talked about a lot, but to me, prop tech, it, it's got to be something that marries with real estate to drive some sort of value, you know, whether that's scalability, efficiency, um, or better accuracy, or possibly a combination of all of those things. And I think the industry is getting better now at honing in on those three things or a combination of them when it's looking at technology solutions. But I wanted to, if you don't mind, Clement, grab you back to sustainability, uh, another area that I'm very interested in and focused on. I mean, as an industry, unfortunately, real estate, we're we're one of the biggest polluters on the planet. Um, it, it's definitely... I mean, I, I struggle to have a conversation with a client in my professional life these days, particularly an owner client who hasn't got sustainability in mind or, you know, who wants to have it as part of the conversation. Is there anything, Clement, that you're doing in your year at the top of the institution that will further support the adoption and deployment uh, of a more sustainable built environment? Yes, of course. I mean, uh, Gavin, sustainability is always a critical priority for our ICS. And as you rightly point out, I mean, our buildings are responsible for over 40% of global emission. Uh, yes, that's why we need to take action and we need to take it fast. Um, from the RICS perspective, we, we, see, we regard ourselves as a uh, professional standard setting body. Um, so I think uh, in the past years, we have already engaging with various professional bodies and stakeholders um, to produce international standards and guidance notes so that we could able to share with our stakeholders and with the community in how we could able to address um, sustainability and climate change. Some of these standards, including the International Cost Management Standard version 3 and International Buildings Operations Standard, um, both of which are mainly targeted in capturing the in important information of the carbon emission uh, in different stage of our development and the building operations. So they help us to make sure that whether we are in, uh, doing the right thing in containing carbon emission and whether we are on the right track in, a, in order to meet the overall objective of carbon zero by 2050. On the other hand, I think we are also promoting adoption of these standards and guidance not to our stakeholders, including government authorities and regulatory body in different parts of the world. And that's exactly why we see um, RSS should be a global organization because um, whatever happened in one part of the world, sooner or later, that climate change uh, would spread to the other uh, region as well. So in order to have a more cohesive and coordinated effort in convincing all relevant government to adopt the same standard, I think that it's very important that our ICS remain the global influence um, to yeah. our stakeholders and governments. Yeah, Su um, such, yeah such an important role, Clement. I just wanted to, such an important role for the RICS to play there is in spreading 
good thinking and ideas around as quickly as possible to help drive the fastest possible progress in this space? Yes, and on the other hand, we also organize forums and CPD so that we could able to share insights, knowledge, and expertise um, to the built environment uh, professionals. Um, when we're facing such kind of uh, challenges, uh, how we could able to handle it and how we could able to implement um, all these kind of uh, best practices in our day-to-day services to our client. Last but not the least, I think we should also focus on um, the future generations. And that's why we are revealing um, under the mandatory competence in the APC assessment, make sure that uh, we provide the right kind of uh, knowledge base and expertise to our future surveyor, that they understand how important this issue is and how we're able to work in addressing uh, such issue in our day-to-day uh, practices. I mean, Clement, I think that'll be welcomed by all the membership and it's so important. Uh, brilliant to hear that that's foremost in your mind and obviously in the minds of sort of those in the institutions setting those exam questions. So sort of pivoting toward, a, I guess, a final question, Clement, um, and, I, and I think this one is obvious, um, you know, based on sort of the, the, it's been the thread through our conversation today. What would you like to see most or what positive change in real estate would give you the greatest satisfaction? What one thing would leave you feeling that you'd left a really positive mark on the institution and the real estate industry during uh, this important year for you as the global lead of the RICS? Wow, it's really a difficult question. Maybe Just a bit one. of a cheeky question, Clement, but you probably <laughs> would have expected no less from me. <laughs> um, if there's only one that on my wish list, I would like to see um, that RISS has become a more engaging and participative professional body uh, prescribed by our constitution that we could able to make positive changes to our built and natural environment. I think that's something that definitely is always uh, high on my agenda and deep in my heart that um, as a charter surveyor, we need to meet with our objectives and mission under the constitution is that we provide our service, not just to our client, but to the public advantage. Yeah. So this differentiates us from trade organization. And um, that's why we have our uh, royal chartership at the end mm. of the day. So this is something that I really see um, RISS becoming more active and more engaging professional body to help fighting and mitigating the uh, climate change issue that we are all facing right now. Yeah. I mean, Clement, I think, uh, you know, and as a fellow senior member, of the institution. I, I think the wider membership will be delighted uh, to hear of your goals for greater engagement and responding to that engagement. The focus on sustainability and diversity and inclusion and technology and possibly most importantly, the institution's ability to spread good quality learnings and information to advance the industry's cause in all of those respects. Um, so important. Um, certainly hugely welcome from me and I'm sure from the wider membership. Clement Lau, uh, Global President of the RICS, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been fantastic having this conversation with you. 
Thank you, Kevin, for having me. So that's a wrap. And it just leaves it for me to thank you very much for tuning in and listening to our conversation. And as I mentioned at the beginning, if you'd like any information uh, or you want to have a chat, uh, drop me a line on Gavin R. Morgan at propnext.com, G-A-V-I-N-R-M-O-R-G-A-N at propnext.com. Or there's more information, as I said earlier, too, on www.propnext.com. That's www.propnext.com. I look forward to speaking with you in future podcasts, and thank you again.